and fellow adventurers, welcome to the MinMaxed Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us and you do so as we continue The Extinction Curse. Now, in Book 2. A recap of Session 32. After we defeat a succubus, or more accurately, she surrenders, she decides to give us a bunch of information, and who knows how much of it is true. She says she's going to attract some magic buff from the head Zolgath. The wizard, however, notices she's deceiving us, and Jeb crits her. Combat is back on. She runs away, the wizard and turtle chase her down and kill her. We take a little bit of time to rest up, and then it is time to go upstairs for the final showdown. We reach the top of the Aaron Tower and find that it has no walls and drops off. There's a big bad Zolgath, a weak Zolgath, and a big fuck-off pterodactyl with teeth. Combat ensues. The casters launch some AoE shit and Peach Pie hits like a monster. Things go very quickly and the enemies are mercilessly destroyed. The Aeon Orb infuses all of us with some magic shit, and we level. Let's talk about everybody's level, what you get with five, how you intend on using it. I am the same, but better. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just got new spells for level five, um, such as haste and slow, a little more manipulative things, and then... I took the opportunity to raise my strength and wisdom back up to 18. But that's about it. Having five new spells. I mean, getting spells. getting your wisdom and strength up to 18 is kind of big. Now you're like where a... Yeah, uh, I mean, got the same bonus that I've got. You're where a fighter or a caster would be. Except I'm both. <laughs> I do really enjoy that Jebediah is kind of this like weird melee caster mix. You're almost like a druid magus to an extent. With heals. The party composition has changed so much. How are you preparing for the change in party composition? Well, if you fuckers would start needing me to heal, <laughs> I wanted to do more magus shit, like hit with a weapon and then fucking throw a lightning bolt is the plan. That's ideally where I want to be at. Is like one swing and then, I don't know, like a control slow or something. So I think what we'll see is a lot of my level one stuff i'm pretty much just going to keep all healing i mean it's not going to be a big heal but just enough to get us through combat and then some of my higher spells will be actual spells damage and control shit yeah you are literally a hybrid of every possible thing thanks pathfinder 2e yeah for letting my druid be good It's yeah. been so many years. Yeah. Druid, yeah. I love the flavor of Druid in 1E, but it is a weaker class. I think it's because 3-5, they were so... I mean, you could break them in 3-5. Oh, they were so broken in 3-5. With, yeah. with the shape-shifting, yeah. and then they just destroyed shape-shifting and made it like a novelty more than anything. Exactly. But, in first edition? Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. They overcorrected. I would be interested to see a shapeshifting druid in 2E. I haven't seen one yet. Yeah, I might look into it just to see what they're like, just for fun. We'll see the night, like, on, like I could take that next level and Can you? still be hybrid. <laughs> oh my god, you could do so much. <laughs> but Can oh, every but single you creature that breaking. you turn into have a big beard? <laughs> <laughs> if you start into a bear with a giant beard. Yeah, exactly, just everything. <laughs> It's kind of tough if you do that, though, because if you start, because there's, like, basically four schools of the druid, and if you start, like, going down, like, another path, it's hard to focus on. Because if I was to go 
the, that path, then I couldn't focus on my pet, and then my pet would fall behind. Yeah, yeah. it's like any multi-class right, thing. Yeah. You, you don't go all in on one thing. You're kind of half-assing both. Yeah. yeah. So one and of the that's what things... I've liked about this is I've been able to go the hybrid route, but not really lose. Yeah, definitely you're viable much. in in a lot of different ways. Like I've only taken one fighter feat. And that was pretty much just so I could use the axe I'm using. One of the big yeah, things you me. get at uh, fifth level is an ancestry feat. What uh, what ancestry feat did you take? Did I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I grabbed. Uh, oh yeah, I grabbed dwarven crit specialization, dwarven oh. weapon cunning. Nice. Okay. And then uh, I think one of the other things you get is a skill increase. What'd you What'd you end up putting up for that? We'll go expert in diplomacy. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, for all your fucking animal I love how you're pumping diplomacy now. And I have animal. zero charisma. You have zero <laughs> charisma. Yeah, it's, it's all for animal empathy. It's all for am- animal, yeah. But like, it's kind of nice because as we've seen, they've been fairly low. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a plus nine to it, which is terrible. The DC for animal empathy tends to be much lower <laughs> when it comes to, you know, trying to get an animal to do what you want it to do as opposed to, you know, a humanoid. Yeah, charisma, you know. I actually brought up from eight to ten. <laughs> What about Moonlight? Moonlight, what's fifth level bring for you? Yeah, a lot like Jeb. Same but better. I just do everything a little bit better. Starting off with the skill increase, I took performance. Uh, so I'm now an expert dancer. Make those checks even a little better. Nice. Not that they weren't great at <laughs> not, first. Not that they weren't already pretty crazy. Ability boosts, I did dexterity, constitution, wisdom, and charisma. So I now have 16s and in those first three, which you know, gave me two AC from leveling up, plus increase in dexterity and stuff, which was nice. Ancestry feet, I took Leshy Glide. So now, if I fall, instead of just taking no damage when I fall, I can actually glide five feet down and up to 25 feet out. Oh, no shit. So I can actually fall at only five feet per round if I wanted to. It's like you're making an umbrella with your leaves. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like a, like a leaf. You kind of float down instead of just dropping. like it. That's really cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously went third, got third level, so got a bunch of new stuff. With uh, having a blaster type in the group now, I went a little bit more... Actually, both of my base spells that I took are buffing spells. I took haste and heroism, so now I can really make Peach Pie a hero. Other than that, I got new versions of my signature spells, Grim Tendrils and Soundburst. And then I got my new Bloodline spell, which I took also as a signature spell, Vampiric Touch. You also get Magical Fortitude, increase your fortitude saves to Expert. Yeah, so I mean, again, with uh, Constitution going up, I gained like a plus four to my fortitude save this, this level. So that's pretty huge. That's big. Peach Pie, I know we don't really know a ton about Peach Pie's build, so this is the first opportunity that we've had to talk about Peach Pie's build in general. So I'm going to ask you to spend just a touch more time than Jeb and Moonlight did on your build. So tell us a little bit about class feats that you have and where you're taking this character mechanically. Sure. So Peach Pie is a Fury uh, Instinct Barbarian with the uh, Alchemist Dedication. Uh, I would say that the Alchemist dedication is head and shoulders above all the other dedications for how good it is when you get it. When you take it, you get eight like recipes and uh, you get these things called infused reagents, which let you make batches of free uh, potions. You get one per level. I also took the uh, alchemical familiar 
feet, which gives me a, uh, a familiar, which is Bernard, my rainbow squirrel. And every day I give him one of the, an ability that gives me an additional infused reagent. So at level five, I get six infused reagents, which lets me create six batches of free potions. That's two apiece. So essentially I have 12 potions every day. That alchemical stuff is largely for utility. The rest are just for fun little things. Uh, to go along with them, I took the Raging Thrower first level Barbarian feat, which allows you to add your rage damage to uh, thrown weapons, which flasks or uh, the bombs count as martial thrown weapons. Uh, they have a splash trait, and with the splash trait, you do not get to add your strength modifier to damage, but you you can still add that rage modifier with the raging thrower. So when I hit with a bomb, not only does it deal the bomb damage, it also deals the six damage that I get from rage. And that is is the basic build. Uh, he's a barbarian with alchemy, with al- alchemy stuff. Um, I don't even really love all of the barbarian feats, so being able to dump some feats into alchemy uh, I think has been really good. Speaking of alchemy, that's par- primarily what I buffed at my fifth level. Um, I took for my ancestry feat, I took a versatile heritage, which lets me take a skill feat. With that, I took assurance for alchemy. My skill bump was for craft alchemy. Uh, so now I can use assurance and craft alchemy to, uh, if you're just going by level DCs, uh, 19 is a fourth level item. So I can get a fourth level item without having to make a roll. That is the basics of Peach Pie. Uh, One of the big things that I get at level five as a barbarian is expert in weapons. So having expert in weapons is huge. And also, it's not part of the level up, but the loot that we got from that big bad Zolgath, a uh, plus one striking maul, which is the weapon that I was using anyway, uh, takes my damage dice up to 2d12. So that's pretty big. Now, I, I have to say that uh, I've said it before, but the way that second edition has handled, quote, multi-classing through the dedication feats, the synergy between the Barbarian and the Alchemist uh, is a lot more potent than I gave it credit for at face value. Um, yeah, it's really nice. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to hit great because my dex is only a plus one bonus. Well, I guess it's two now. I level five plus two bonus. I mean, even still, you get the expert, uh, you yeah. know, the, that, that expert uh, proficiency in it. That makes a big difference. Yep. Uh, I'm curious, Jebediah, what's your weapon proficiency? Is it expert or is it still just trained? Yeah, I'll never get mastery, but I get expert at uh, 11. No, 11? it could be level seven. It's late. Like the so. casting gets to... I think my casting actually gets to legendary, but my attacks never can. Interesting. So at the end of the day, Jebediah will be a better caster when it comes to proficiency than it comes to hitting, even though we all know Jebediah to be the hitter in the party, although that might change. It's already changed. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, That's going to take us over to the uh, enigmatic wizard. Ted, tell us... Tell us about the wizard's build in general, and then tell us what you got at fifth level. Yeah, um, I'm a wizard. Pretty straightforward. Um, <laughs> I went universalist. I think I already talked about that, though. Uh, for level five shit, though, I got Ageless Patience as my uh, 
ancestry feat. Like it, that lets me spend twice as long on any skill check to get a plus two circum- circumstance bonus. That's right. We did talk about that a little bit. So crafting, that makes a big difference in downtime, I think, more than anything, right? Yeah, I don't know if I'd ever do it with crafting. Really? The time would take way too long. Oh, I suppose if you need to increase by I mean, you'd be, you'd be looking at like eight days for some shit. Got it. I mean, if we ever like travel, maybe, but it's mostly for knowledge knowledge checks and shit like that. Or recall. Okay. Knowledge got checks. it. Then I got lightning reflexes, so my reflex save is better. It's expert. Ability boosts. Uh, what about your third level spells? You have such a large variety of spells to pick from. What did uh, you end up going Blaster. With? I went blasting spells. <laughs> yeah. I won't say which ones, but I took blasting spells. Sweet. I'm excited. I'm assuming fireballs in there somewhere. It's fireball. And was it lightning bolt? Sexy. It's the two most obvious blasting spells. Fair. True. Right on. Okay. Well, right now the, the party... The, the party itself is at the top of the Aaron Tower. At this point, there's a couple of things that you know that the party of Zolgaths that came to the Aaron Tower were directed here by some other force that resides in a place called the Moonstone Hall. And the Moonstone Hall, as far as your notes that you've seen, is underneath Eskadar, which at the moment is where the Circus of Wayward Wonders is headed. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. <laughs> what does the party do right out of the gate after finally destroying the remaining contingent of the Zolgath menace? Well, I suppose now that we're done with the tower, we should meet up with the circus. And I think that's what we'd do. We'd gather up our loot and the deceased and head on out. Sounds about right. By the time you leave, it's still daylight. It's probably late morning. The day seems very clear. Sun shines. You see a couple of uh, Deinonychus off in the distance eating the foliage as you make your way back to the circus. It's a six-hour travel to get back. You guys have anything you want to talk about on the way back? I want to talk to this fucking squirrel. Ah, yes, Jeb. How are you? How do you know how to talk? I don't know, Jeb. I just know how to talk. Peach Pie leans into you and says, I gave him the ability to talk when I made him. Oh. So it's construct? It's not an animal? Or it is an animal? It's an alchemical familiar. An alchemist creates it. So it's technically a construct, or is it an animal? It's, like, if I cut it, would it bleed? Uh, yes, <laughs> it would. It would. It can die like a normal thing. Okay. I'm not sure what it really counts as. Let me look at that really quick. That's actually a good question. Is I, it a living creature, or is it yeah, a construct? Because it seems to have a soul. Oh, chemical familiar. You have used alchemy to create life. A simple creature formed from alchemical materials, reagents, and a bit of your own blood. This alchemical familiar appears to be a small creature of flesh and blood, though it might have some unusual or distinguishing aspects depending on your creative process. Like other familiars, your alchemical familiar assists you in a laboratory and on adventures. Yeah, the rest is just mechanical stuff. So that's the flavor. It's alive. So yeah, I guess it is. It is alive. It's not a construct. Well, that's freaking neat. 
Yes, I, I'm quite pleased with my existence. Nice. It is nice to meet you, Jeb. You seem like a very kind dwarf. And a heroic one as well. Oh, thanks. Turtle our, also like seems our, very kind. This is our cheerleader. <laughs> essentially, yeah. That's, that's exactly what I wanted him to be. Are we essentially walking, taking the same path back? Or has the circus continued to make its way to... I think we told them to wait for us. We did, okay. We said to wait for us up to a week and then to move along. It's probably kind of a scary thing to hear from us since the last time we told them that. (laughs) We came back short. Figuratively and literally. Since we're short people. How tall is your leshy? Yeah, the the two that survived are short. My my leshy is like (laughs) two foot four. Oh, jeez. I am incredibly small. Alright. I feel like I could be easily lost. Although small creatures no longer get those mechanical benefits of being boost, boost to stealth and stuff like that. Yeah. They also no longer take the penalties from being small either. That's that true. is true. They don't all have like a universal negative two strength. Yeah. Yeah. And have to use small weapons. Yeah, that deal less damage. Well, by the time you all make it back to uh, the circus camp, it's dusk. Is there any moonlight? <laughs> there's there's plenty of moonlight. <laughs> no, as I said, I'm yeah, as very we small. <laughs> oh, sorry. So there's not a ton of moonlight then. <laughs> Much like before when Jeb and Moonlight approached, Cubby is the first one to engage with you. And he comes up and wags his tail a bit and goes, Oh, nice to see you all made it back alive this time. I would agree, Cubby. I I see you have two extra pieces of baggage that seem... Baggage? (laughs) To be fair. Yeah. Yes, we have to have a funeral. I'm sure it will be very sad. You, so you did find the, uh, yes, the, uh, the bodies that, yes, you were able to find them this time. Yes, we were able to locate the bodies. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go let the professor know right away. Then he bounds off through the grassy fields towards the camp as you all sullenly approach. When you make it, the bonfire of the camp is already, is already high. The majority of the camp is eating their dinner. The professor comes up to greet you all and says, oh, so nice to see that you all made it back this time. Uh, there have been many emotions flying across the camp since you left last. Um, Jibadiah? Yes? Uh, you, you may want to go see Ellie sooner rather than later. Uh, she's been quite the mess uh, since you left. You go off to find her right away? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... I'm gonna clean up first. <laughs> that's fair. That, that, that's fair. How about you You all go ahead and clean yourselves up, you smell of lizard stink. Perhaps we shall have a moment tomorrow. It's good that you're back. We can continue on our journey to Eskadad. We are all getting very restless and and would like to continue forward to Eskadar. The performers are very concerned about the next steps, Moonlight, and I, I believe 
they would like some guidance. I will do my best to answer their questions. Uh, uh, one of one of the boars um, actually attacked one of the Kambali uh, performers. Uh, 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 family members uh, so we took it upon ourselves to, to slaughter hold up <laughs> yeah oh, it's Jeb I'm very sorry they were getting out of control the mother boar was very upset at one of the Kambali family children trying to pet it and actually kind of mauled her quite a bit uh, uh, That's a bad mistake to ever have it taste human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> well, whose fault is that? <laughs> I did saw you, it. Did you forget to give them instructions to feed them? They're wild boar. <laughs> Go out and eat some apples. <laughs> well, on the plus side, there's a, a very, very delectable pork roast waiting for you back at the camp. I don't know what to say, Jeb. I'm so sorry. And uh, as you all approach the stream nearby to uh, clean up, you see the uh, silhouette of a woman sitting down in the stream. It's a very shallow stream. And as you get a little bit closer, Mr. Tickles, you can see, is nearby the stream bank, slithers right up to Jebediah and Turtle. I don't. I don't know how how a snake looks concerned, but the snake looks concerned. You just said you don't know how it looks concerned. Uh, I don't know. Jeb definitely knows. I don't know though. Jeb's got that special touch though. I go console the the snake. As you would approach Mr. Tickles, he would you know take whatever pets you have for him, but immediately start slithering towards the form that's sitting in the stream. Is it Ellie? It's Ellie. Yeah. Was she eaten by a boar? No, no. She's just, she's sitting in the stream with her arms hugging her knees and she's kind of slowly rocking back and forth. Is she possessed? (laughs) No. I think she's upset. Go console her, brave Jeb. Yeah, I'm just gonna walk away. Yeah, it's fine. I don't deal well with emotions. Peach Pie would walk up behind her and place a hand on his on her shoulder and say, "It's okay. Life oh. is always sad." Oh, oh, Peach Pie, you, you startled me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, is is Jeb back? Is Jeb back? Yes, we're all here and all fine. And she so stands smelly. up. She stands up suddenly and starts looking around. Jeb, are you anywhere nearby? Yeah, I'm not too far away. She just looks at you and she says, I I don't want you to leave again. Seeing two of our performers die because you decided decided to go save the Isle of Eren is just not something that she's willing to take. I show her the reflection of life and tell her I'm good. Jeb, as you like explain to her what the the resonant reflection did this small bead of light comes out from under your beard and like hovers in front of you for a moment and then goes back into your chest and her eyes go wide i didn't realize what is this 
Oh, it's my protection. It's good. We're good. For that moment, she just collapses and just starts sobbing at your feet. She's really going to pull herself together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> she does. She's just she's just kind of an, an emotional wreck right now. After seeing Jeb and Moonlight come back and not having Sabatri anywhere near or Kestrel anywhere near and to find out that they died while you were out doing your heroics, she tries to spend some time, and I won't roleplay this with you because I know it's weird, <laughs> but she spends some time really trying to convince you that it's not best for the circus for you to just l- randomly leave to go do heroic shit. That's not what circus performers do. You're not heroic. You're an You're animal. You're talking trainer. to Moonlight too much. <laughs> We'll come back to you on that, Jeb. But see, I can become a hero. And she says, but why do you have to be? It runs in my family. We gotta, we gotta That's true. back to some Hickburn shit at some point, man. We got Ezekiel, who helped the fucking Hurricane Queen. Spencer's character in Skull and Shackles. We got the other Jeb that saved a bunch of slaves. Spencer's character in Broken Chains. Or just a, just a syrup farming family. It was chosen. And we gotta do what we do. I don't understand, really. You'll learn to understand. The wizard, I have to know, do you even wash off? Uh, I actually summon a unseen servant to wash me. <laughs> he reaches the places I can't reach. Like, Oh, God, I need one of those. You get a sponge bath from an unseen yeah. servant? <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you just can you take care? I got an ingrown hair on my butt. I just like, stand just, in, thing? I just like stand in some water, smoke my pipe, and let the unseen servant do it. <laughs> All the day. That is perfect. Oh, man. So Jeb washes up quick after Ellie, uh, you know, bears her soul at him for a minute. The wizard gets washed by an invisible force. Moonlight, I'm just curious. How, how exactly are you? Like, what what's Moonlight thinking in in the stream? Um, I mean, probably just about the funeral that's apparently about to happen. <laughs> um, knowing that they are likely going to have to lead it, probably say something at it, since everybody seems to look up to them. Wasn't it Kestrel's fault that you uh, kind of became the leader of the circus? I mean. Kestrel and Savatri. I mean, Savatri very clearly turned down the opportunity to <laughs> to do anything, and Kestrel furthered that by pointing out that Moonlight would be <laughs> a fairly good candidate. So, yeah, they are thinking about the funeral and the weight of responsibility. It sounds like yes, that's probably an apt way to put it. <laughs> Peach pie. You and Bernard. Well, as we bathe, certainly Peach Pie does want to be clean, but he will not allow anyone, anyone, to see his face until he has reapplied his makeup. I'm assuming you just carry grease paint with you wherever you go then. Yes. Yes, I have grease paint on me. And yeah, no, nobody ever sees him without his grease paint. That's his face. The that face underneath face. does not exist. I'm curious, does, does, does Peach Pie wash his face? Well, yeah. I mean, he'd have to. 
I, I have a moment where like I I, I had this thought because I know assumed how sticky that's... grease paint is. Have you ever used grease paint? It is extremely yeah. sticky. Like it's shit like... is gonna get caught in that, and it's, it's gonna get comfortable to wear. Nasty. So yeah, he washes, <laughs> but then reapplies immediately. Uh, exactly. Um, do you do you do you sleep with the grease paint on? Probably not. I mean, you share a tent with bubbles. Not anymore. I don't. Oh, that's right. You don't. I took that master's wagon key till somebody decides they want it. I'm gonna use it. Because Moonlight just you know sleeps yeah. out. And Moonlight could have it, but Moonlight doesn't care. I, I had this thought. And it occurred to me, because I assumed that that was how Peach Pie, uh, you know, kind of approached the grease paint. It's almost like the Mandalorian. <laughs> like you, I hadn't thought you, of that. You won't let other people see your true face, but that That's doesn't mean not you my don't true wash. Face. The makeup is the true face. Get it straight. Sorry, sorry. Your, I don't know, what would you call it then? Your past uh, life. Past life. <laughs> After, after everybody takes their time to kind of, you know, cleanse themselves of the encounter from the Aaron Tower, the professor has your uh, pulled pork sandwiches and waiting for you. Do you guys have anything you want to talk about tonight before we move forward? I don't think so. Let's go ahead and assuming nothing else additional is going to happen tonight, then we'll cut to the morning. The dawn of the next day, the circus rises, and everybody has their breakfast around the, the fire together, as they usually do. The bodies of Zvatri and Kestrel are nearby, wrapped. And the professor comes up to Moonlight that morning as he's pouring coffee for everybody, as he does every morning, and says, uh... I have some words that I'd like to say for Kestrel and Savatri, uh, uh, but I, I, I think the circus wants to hear from you as well. Uh, I, I hate to spring this on you, but do you have anything that you'd like to say while we're burying the dead? It really isn't springing on it. I've kind of come to expect that type of request from you <laughs> well good so, good I, mean, I, I I have been thinking about some words to say that's good. assuming that the circus folk would like to hear something from you I mean to be frank with you moonlight they look to you for comfort in times like these I don't know if that's always the wisest idea but after the breakfast the professor will gather everybody knowing that that everybody wants to have that moment as he kind of gathers everybody around the effigies that the circus has put together for Kestrel and for Sabatri Gadarin the the bearded man brings by or brings the bodies to the sites that uh, have been set aside for Kestrel and Sabatri on the roadside and the professor stands on a wooden box that he brings by, holds his hands up to the circus and says, This is a strange time. The circus has been preparing for the show to bring love 
and to bring acceptance to the world is something that's the opposite or, or the antithesis of what we are, many of us experienced under Mistress Dusklight and the Celestial Menagerie. We make our way to her territory, to her turf, but in the time that we've grown as a circus to now, we've made some very dear friends along the way. And today, we see those friends into Phrasma's hands. Today, we're here to say goodbye to Kestrel, the monk cleric of the free god, Caden Kalian, and Savatri Sayana, the feisty cleric of Calistria. Although they weren't with us, at the Celestial Menagerie, and they may not have experienced what you all experienced there. They helped bring us out of those dark places into the light. I'd like to bring Moonlight up here to speak some words, as I don't feel that I have as much experience with these two friends of the Circus of Wayward Wonders as Moonlight and Jebediah did, but is typical for Jebediah. I don't think he has many words for this situation. Moonlight, would you like to speak? Thank you, Professor. I will keep my words short. Just with deep sadness and regret, I stand before you all today to talk about the death of two I considered friends. Savatri and Kestrel died fighting for us and for this land the land we traveled to put on our shows. They died in service to many who would likely never know who they are. I propose we make a memorial to them as part of our acts, so that when people come to see us, they can learn about their heroic deeds and sacrifice of Kestrel and Savatri. I don't have time to go into depth on the many days and adventures that we spent together but while both were odd in their own way, we are circus folk, so we are all odd. So they fit right in. Kestrel, with his love of life and drink, put joy in all of our hearts. And Savatri, with her sharp tongue, who would tell you straight her opinion, usually even if you didn't ask for it. So we raise one last tankard to the drunken god for our fallen friends. Lastly, as the leader of this circus, I see their deaths as a failure on my part. A failure I will not stand for. I pledge to get stronger, to protect everyone in the circus from any who may think to harm us. I will not stand by as the people of this island, our customers, and some, dare I say, friends, are attacked by unseen forces. I will stop the corruption of these lands before the free will of the animals and the people are removed by tyrants who believe they are better than we are. Manipulators who look to put us all in cages or stomp us beneath their boots. I, I picture it as just like, as that last paragraph goes on, like around Moonlight just gets darker and darker as you can tell that they're just getting angry. There's some people in the crowd at the circus who look maybe just a touch taken aback. But by the end, they look heartened. 
And when they raise their tankards to their fallen friends, they all drink deeply. And then they all go back and fill up their tankards and drink deeply again. The day goes on in drink and celebration in the memory of Kestrel Seval and Savachiri Sayana. I am going to reward you all with very specific character-specific items that I've picked out from the Game Master's Guide for you. Jeb, during Moonlight Speech, the haft of your axe begins to have this, like, almost dark glow that encompasses it. And your war axe is now a plus one striking war axe. Oh, shit. Nice. With the power of love. That, now a, it all makes sense. A very Earth. dark, shadowy love. <laughs> Earth, fire, water, and heart. Now I get it. <laughs> I have something for Moonlight. Some of your twigs or your branches actually fall off of your head and intertwine themselves with each other and become a dark wood wand of whatever third level spell that you would like. Whatever third level spell? What? Whatever. Not on the occult list. Whatever third level spell you would like. Choose heal! Given... For Peach Pie, I've created a an item that tell me however you want it to manifest. I mean, physically, it's up to you. It will be an invested item. It will allow you to cast Personal Rain Cloud on yourself at will as often as you want. It's not anything that's tied to casts per day or anything like that. At will... With this item invested, Peach Pie will be able to cast Personal Rain Cloud whenever they want. Excellent. Excellent. I like that David gets a flavor item, while Swanee gets a wand of any third level spell. But this is what Sir I want. gets striking on his weapon. Also, to be fair, he David, just got, you a got the weapon. I got the weapon with striking. He just got the weapon with striking. He looted an item. <laughs> Straight up. Um... No, I, I, I have a really hard time with the wizard. Any fifth level item or lower. And bring one to me that you want. Which also means wands and stabs, by the way. Are we going to take a bunch of time to get to... Because I want to figure out if I am going to be able to craft shit. Oh, 100%. You guys can take as much time as you want. Okay, how much time do we want to take? That's up to you guys. It's yes. roughly a three days travel from where you're at to get to Eskadar. How much time do we want to take off before we try and do something? I wanted you to craft me a batch of scrolls. Okay. What ones do you want? Is it just like one kind that you want? Yeah, I just want to make three long striders. Well, it's so so things that are use items to craft, you get four of them. So you, you craft for four days. But doesn't it say... Oh, so I just, every day I'd cast a spell, essentially. Yeah, I, that'd be fine. So yeah, if we take four days to do that, that'd be great. And I'd love to take a couple four days myself to make myself some things that I want. Some potions. 
So can we maybe say 12 days, that we take 12 days before we... I, I don't see, I mean, personally, from my standpoint on this, you can take really as much time as you need. Don't feel like you're on a time crunch on this. So, the, the morning after the funeral is... It's a somber morning for everybody, aside from the fact that everybody got really drunk last night. Uh, in celebration of Kestrel and Savatri, not a lot of people are talking to each other today. Everybody's just kind of quiet and silent. Ahead, there's a lot of anxiety raising from some of the performers. Uh, people are starting to get a little fidgety. You're on your way to Eskadar, where people know lies uh, Mistress Dusklight's celestial menagerie. Some of the performers have a lot of bad memories of the Celestial Menagerie, including some people in the party. As the circus packs up and uh, hits the road to Eskadar, the scene is really bleak as everybody kind of slowly walks past the effigies for Kestrel and for Savatri, and everybody takes a moment at, at the gravesites before moving on. As everybody kind of walks past... Uh, can I just get perception checks from you all? Moonlight gets a 28. 29. You notice uh, off in the distance to the south a small creature on the horizon. It, that's, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's actually like, you know, inches tall, but way down on the road, you kind of see this small humanoid looking figure. Looks maybe deformed, hard to tell from this far away, far away peeking behind from an outcropping of rocks. And as the circus starts moving its way toward the south to make its way towards Eskadar, it kind of starts awkwardly hobbling quickly, but hobbling to the south ahead of you. You'd say, Jeb, it's probably a good half mile to a mile ahead of you. Do you guys have anything particular that you want to do during this travel time? I think David wanted to do some crafting. I mean, I want to do some crafting, but I don't think I can probably do that while we're traveling. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, I don't see why not if you could do it in a wagon. I need somebody to be, like, driving the wagon. Are you the only person that knows how to drive a wagon? How many people are there? Are there other people that will drive this wagon for me while I do my crafting? How do you think they got here without us? (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. (laughs) There are definitely circus hands that could drive the wagon. Well, shit, yeah. If it takes four days, that's the perfect amount of time for one single craft. Do you think the top performers have to drive their own wagons? Come on. (laughs) Moonlight made sure to take care of that one. They took over. Moonlight's now our agent. What about Wizard? Do you have anything that you're crafting? You're just going to be... Yeah, they do. I was going to be swapping those runes and shit, and I also have to learn Sudden Bolt from Jebediah. Ah, okay. Okay. That'll take up all four days pretty handily, I would think. Um... Yeah. There's a couple of things that you'll notice as you get closer. Eskadar is a port city. It is on the water. So as you get closer, that, that, that tangy salt air uh, starts to hit your nostrils. You hear the splashing of waves in the background as you get closer. The professor will approach as you start getting to the outskirts of Eskadar and talk to Moonlight. Moonlight, we're going to have to find a plot of land in Eskadar uh, to, to set up shop, but 
uh, Myron did it for Aberton, but that, that was easy. They just, you know, find an empty field somewhere, but Eskadar's is going to be a little bit different. Anything within the city limits, we should probably go into, uh, see if we can talk to the local constabulary and see what we can do about finding a prime plot of land inside of the Eskadar city limits. I do know that the Celestial Menagerie has a very prime location, but uh, we should do our best to try not to be close to them, if at all possible. Yes, that might cause some fights, I suppose. Anyone know where the constable is or constabulary is? I don't really know this town at all. I would be happy to make a like a society check. I say, I feel like the Wiz would know this. Yeah. Can I do a society oh, check or something? Yeah, a society check would help out on this one. He knows where the cop shop is. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. 17. Now four. You have a plus 13 on your society. Good God. You did. I'm an expert in society. You came through uh, Eskadar on your way to head up to Aberton. Uh, you specifically remember where the constabulary is because when you were on your way through smoking your herb in the streets, the town guard stopped you thinking that you were some sort of pesh addict and pesh is illegal in the city. So they were searching through your person to look for the pesh. And when they saw that you were just literally smoking some random herb they had never seen before, they took you to the constabulary and questioned you which was immediately frustrating for them and then let you go. So you remember where that is. So that next morning we will go to the yeah. constabulary or at I least know. attempt to, we will go into town and <laughs> like how early is morning? Can we go like afternoon? Why? <laughs> morning sounds terrible. We go to the constabulary. So in the morning <laughs> before noon, you try to wake the whiz up. I try to wake whiz up. I pick him up and carry him until he wakes up. I'll just point the direction and you carry me around. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Ted, you look so excited at that prospect. <laughs> <laughs> even though he has a phantom steed, he's too lazy to even cast it. And how often do you get the opportunity to have somebody carry you around? The sharp tang of salt permeates the air, and the gulls that swoop and cry overhead mark the city's proximity to the sea. Grandiose buildings at the city's center rise above small, sprawling markets and squalid tenements. Proud ships sail in and out of the harbor with the wind as laborers and travelers mill about the docks and quays. The tide of humanity ebbs and flows throughout the port city. Hawkers pace the crooked streets and shout various offers to passers-by. Fishmongers sing out the daily catch, traipsing in meandering paths through crowded markets. Armed guards in navy blue uniforms with bronze badges patrol the busy intersections, their eyes scanning the crowds. Dirty-faced urchins dart underfoot, seeking dropped coins or unintended purses. Walking through the streets of Escadar is similar to peering through the pages of history as newer projects are built practically on top of older buildings. Foundations millennia old support brand new structures. The city proudly growing higher and higher. Eskadar is a, uh, a very busy port city. Um, the Isle of Aaron offers a lot in the uh, way of agriculture. 
trade, but also because it's off of the actual Starstone Isle. Eskadar is very well known for some of its more illicit offerings. The Absalom Navy docks there, too. That's true. Eskadar is uh, pretty well known for as a city of vices. Uh, it's got more than its share of smugglers, warehouses, illicit brothels, gladiatorial pits. It has that reputation. The Wiz would, from Peach Pie's back, point the way to the constabulary. And as you get as you get closer to the uh, the constabulary, it's located at a place called Conclave Square. And it's, uh, it's actually home of Escadar's lesser council, the city guard, licensing offices. Moonlight is absolutely just like looking around, like thinking to themselves. So this is what I was missing while I was in my box. It, it was just, it just never seen anything so big. I mean, Everton's tiny compared to this place. <laughs> absolutely. And it all was happening around you all the time and you just yeah. never saw it. Yeah, it was like all around me and I had no idea. It's easy enough to get to the constabulary, but when you get there, uh, a couple of guards will stop you outside and... Hello? State your business? Uh, the, the, the tree wants to talk to somebody. Uh, you again! What are you doing, back? I drop him on the ground the, at that the, point. The tree wanted to talk to somebody. You're here because of the leshy. Greetings. I'm, Hello? I'm riding Turtles back now. Oh, you are. Uh, I guess he doesn't have to look down at you. So, um, just I uh, just really quick want to paint the picture, please. Because now that I'm thinking about it, and it is to start with, it is a bush riding a tiger, followed by a giant clown carrying a scrawny wizard, who then drops him on the ground, and a dwarf with a huge axe. It is quite That's the our group. S- yep. And That's we're known to be in a circus. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, and, and the giant man is painted as a sad clown. State your business. We are the Circus of Wayward Wonders, and we were looking for a spot to set up our circus. Oh. We came here to talk to somebody about that. No, let's see. But uh, one moment, and he disappears inside, and uh, the other guard that's kind of sitting there is. Uh, looking very curiously at at the wizard and he just points to you and goes you really pissed Roderick off <laughs> I spark up my pipe <laughs> is that what is that stuff anyways you want some pull, you just pull just grass like, out of the ground you, you want some I try to what? pass it to him no no whatever it is I'm on duty man what is it I don't know I just take it out of this lantern a small Ah, oh, okay. Cool. Well, welcome to Eskadar. Again. Welcome to the Constabulary again. <laughs> I think I've been here before. You're joking, right? No, you've definitely been here. It was like it was like two weeks ago. That's cool, man. He just kind of shrugs. Uh, the other guard, Roderick, comes out and he just goes, We're going to have you speak to the constable. Currently, she's... Uh, occupied uh, and Dara will be available in about an hour's time so find something to do in the meantime okay thank you would Is you there... like to hear a joke yeah off with you 
and I'm sick of looking at the scrawny wizard. Off with you. Come back in an hour. Your job. All right, all right. He, he kind of like beats his, his halberd on the ground a couple of times, and, and the other guy who's standing next to him just starts chuckling. You can see his shoulders shaking. The crowd's milling about. You guys have an hour. What do you want to do? We could drum up some uh, excitement Say, for the salsa. Would wonders do a do a? Uh, can we put on a spontaneous, yeah, spontaneous uh, street performance? performance? <laughs> or yes, yeah. or sell stuff, or or sell stuff. So I guess we, we might not have, we, not, we might not have brought everything. I'd like to do both. I would say, well, let's see, let's take a look at what you got. So selling all the crap that we had would probably take a week. Probably <laughs> so much stuff. It usually takes one day of downtime to sell off goods. Oh, that's fine. I bet that's definitely longer than an hour. So you guys want to put on an impromptu performance then? You guys, what do you guys perform? I'll tell the jokes. I know I have an idea. I could, okay. I could, we could do slapstick. Like Jeb and Turtle are fine. Yeah. I don't know what Moonlight or Peach Pie would do. Slapstick. Peach Pie would do slapstick. What the fuck is slapstick? Physical comedy? Clown like three shit. Three stooges. Three stooges. I can't imagine yeah. Peach Pie being like an actual clown. I just imagine him as like <laughs> the, the creature from It. Like, <laughs> except for huge and never smiles. Let's do a impromptu street performance. We can make perform checks. Yeah. The Wiz. The Wiz wants to know what we do. We can show him what we do. Absolutely. All right. Do you? Uh, let's see. Nearby, I would say in this area. You would certainly find... Uh, Is there a square I mean, or a park or something that we can... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that there's any, like... There's obviously no performance stages. There's there's maybe the the uh, raised edge of a fountain nearby that you could stand on and try to, oh, you know... Moonlight could dance on the fountain edge. That'd be good. So fountain then? Yeah? Yeah. Sounds good to me. It's a good okay. backdrop. Yeah. So uh, there's a, there is a fountain nearby. Uh, it, like I said, the crowds are milling about. Why don't you guys each tell me what you're going to be doing? Are you all going to be doing it at the same time? And how are you going to get people's attention to start watching? I think we get people's attention by looking the way we look. And we just go up and stand in front of everybody. Maybe I'll smash the water of the fountain with my hammer to get it to splash on everybody so they pay attention. I feel like Moonlight would say, like, like after he doesn't like that, Moonlight would, like, call out something like, Greetings, one and all. We are Circus of Wayward Wonders. And we'd like to give you a quick, a quick demonstration of what you would see at our circus once we have it set up and running. Now I can make like, a diplomacy check on yeah, that. Absolutely. Go ahead and do that. Uh, I can not roll a third one. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, I don't. I get a 24. Okay, okay. You you see definitely a few heads turn. Uh, not everybody stops, not by any means. In fact, Peach by splashing water on some people, they're like, ah, watch what you're doing, clown! Uh, and then we'll kind of keep was, moving on. I was more going with the splashes, like a shock and something that makes everybody go, what's that? <laughs> I'd say you have get maybe a, a dozen people turn to pay attention to you and kind of like just they take a moment and stand and wait. I think that's enough to get us started, and then once we get started, hopefully more people will draw as okay. we as we go. Who's gonna start? I'd say the big guns, Jeb and Turtle. Well, the most flashy, at least. <laughs> well, if that's Turtle, do some shit. 
I take out a ball. <laughs> All right. And she bounces on her nose. Honestly, honestly, a tiger playing with a ball adorably would be like 100% everybody's going to want to see that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Your check for your tricks is a uh, nature check. Just nature, right? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and make a nature check for me. Oh, my goodness. She stumbles a lot around adorably. <laughs> You're only that one. You can't. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, maybe send in the clowns. Yeah. Yeah. When it's not going well, we send in uh, Peach Pie. Yeah. I'll come in. And here's what I'm going to do. Here's, here's what Peach Pie does. I, in my inventory, you will see uh, that I have a, a sort of or various clown gags in my inventory. And um, I'll come up behind Jeb. And you don't know where it came from. And I'm sorry, Jeb, but this is how we're going to salvage this trick. I hit your big bearded face with a cream pie. Oh, shit. <laughs> What's going to be your trick? And then Turtle comes and starts licking it off. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> What's your what's your trick check out of curiosity? We haven't really there's not really a trick check oh, for other per, performance, I'm sure. Performance? Okay, go ahead. Twenty-four. Solid. The couple of people that had turned and were were watching Jebediah's trick, I mean, you know, Turtle's cute and all, but uh watching Turtle bobble the ball a little bit and having it fall off and the Jeb's like, there's one second, let's try this again, right? Uh and then having they're losing interest a little bit and then just having Peach Pie come up behind him and just completely cream pie him right in the face and then Turtle tackling Jeb to lick it off. People, they just start uproariously laughing, the ones that had stopped. Uh, a couple of dozen more people turn their heads towards the fountain and they stop walking by and the circle of people is starting to form up around the uh, fountain. I have another idea for Peach Pie. He pulls out three bowling pins and starts to juggle. And as he starts to juggle, a mysterious rain cloud forms above his head and starts to rain on him. He takes a step to the left and continues juggling. The rain cloud moves to the left. He takes a step back. The rain cloud moves back. He starts juggling with just two hands and or two like two clubs with one hand. And then he holds an umbrella, a very small umbrella, over his head. And the rain cloud moves down and is then under the umbrella raining on him. <laughs> he puts the umbrella away, goes back to juggling with both hands, and then he starts running around the fountain trying to get away from the rain cloud, his big clown shoes going flap, 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 as he juggles with a rain cloud following him around. He makes two full circles of the fountain, and then the rain cloud stops in the at the front of the fountain, but Peach Pie keeps running. And then right before he gets back to where the rain cloud was, he like puts on the brakes and tries to skid. The uh, bowling pins fall to the ground and he slides on his feet and ends up standing immediately under the rain cloud once again. He looks very <laughs> sad, picks up his pins and walks away. <laughs> Does the rain cloud follow him? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Wiz, what do you think about all this? I feel like he would love Peach Pie's performance. That's about it. Fantastic. He'd be laughing his ass off. Uh, without a doubt, the crowd 
that's that's around is just losing it over that that bit and what was originally just maybe a couple of dozen people has turned into some tightly packed rows of people just in a in a tightly packed circle around the performers and now we hit uh, them with the moonlight and moonlight will probably just do something similar to what they did in Aberton's uh, performance where they do various dances cultural dances from like around the around the inner sea region in, All right. around the inner sea region let's see the performance check you're still using right uh yes and that's gonna be a 25 that's gonna be another success on this one uh there's a lot of oohs and a lot of ahs uh i picture that it and correct me if i'm wrong here the edge of the fountain is maybe three or four feet up it's actually wouldn't be too difficult as it'd be a tiered fountain if you want to try to get higher on the fountain a little bit you could certainly do that to get more attention i mean, just, I mean yeah i want to be at least on the like the the first tier mm-hmm. getting up any higher than that's probably hard for moonlight because they're only two and a half foot two foot four <laughs> If I can get higher and I can, and the ledge is big enough for me to dance on, I would get it to. I would like everybody in the fountain area can see. I mean, as it stands right now, you everybody could certainly see you. Of course, with Peach Pie's performance and running around the fountain, you know, there's there's people that are all the way around the fountain now. If you want everybody to be able to see it, you're either going to have to circle around the fountain while you dance, or move to a higher tier. Yeah. We'll say that while Peach Pie was running around the fountain, Moonlight was climbing up the fountain. Solid. Give me an acrobatics check on that. A net 20 for a 30. Solid. Corkscrew double black flip right into the top tier. And uh, Picturing Yoda just like jumping all over the place. After Peach Pie's performance, uh, Moonlight doing that double back flip with a corkscrew, uh, up to the top tier and making those, you know, performing with those dances, there are maybe a hundred or a couple of hundred people around now, and they're all cheering, cheering for you for the performance. And uh, I'm not sure exactly how you would want to end your little performance here. I think it'd be another speech about, you know, if you like what you saw, come see us in about a week's time when we have set up a our circus and you guys just earned yourself five anticipation for oh, your next show i feel seem to remember that that was like a double-edged sword it is it, it is you make more money the more anticipation you have but it's harder to do a successful circus the more anticipation you have i would say that would be an easy way to kill that hour and the fountain's really close by to the constabulary. We'll see if we get fined for uh, <laughs> <laughs> street performing. <laughs> no filthy jugglers. We're going to go into something that's a little bit interesting here coming up. Uh, we are going to do a special rule set for a social encounter. That's going to have initiative and specific social actions that you can take. There's going to be setup. We're going to have social combat. Don't let me talk.
a social combat. We are definitely not going to mess that up by being crazy circus performers at all. We here at MinMax want to thank you for joining us on these adventures, and we'd love to have you come join us for more. Check out our Discord where you can chat with us, listeners of the show, and other people who are involved with other Paizoverse podcasts. It's a great big community, and we all have a lot of fun. If you'd like to throw a little financial support toward MinMaxed, check out our Patreon. We really appreciate it. We're so appreciative of all of our patrons. You really help keep this show going. We'll see you again next week for another episode of The Extinction Curse. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.